Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Safe House, brought to you by The Safe House Initiative. I'm Jeff Edwards, co-chair of The Safe House Initiative and your host for today's podcast. Today, we're going to delve into the area of data privacy. It's a very complex area, and uh, there are a lot of governance issues that we do want to get under the hood a bit about. And today, we're very fortunate to have an expert in this arena, uh, Santosh Kamani, who is the co-founder and CEO of CyberFit Solutions, is joining us today. Welcome, Santosh. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, why don't you uh, kind of give us a little bit of insights uh, into your background and uh, in this whole and how you kind of led it led you to this area of expertise in data privacy? All right. So uh, briefly about me, it's been more than two decades. I've been into primarily into you know cybersecurity. Uh, data privacy, risk management, and uh, business continuity areas. So uh, I started my career back around 2000 when cybersecurity was still a new uh, vertical in itself. It was a new practice that was settling in the organizations. Mm -hmm. There was no dedicated budget. There were no resources. So that's when um, you know I started getting into that area over a period of time. You know things evolved. Uh, mm -hmm. We started seeing emerging technologies and then uh, we started seeing evolution of data. You know, data become important. We realized that not handling data properly, not protecting it, it was leading to serious uh, cyber crimes. And mm -hmm. uh, that's when uh, my journey started. I primarily work in, in you know, financial domain uh, mm -hmm. in CISO and uh, DPO roles, both in uh, India and uh, USA. So can you walk us through the evolution uh, from the, the the two decades that you have been in this arena? Kind of the how it evolved and where it's going to where it's heading to. Could you share us that a, a bit? Right. Uh, so uh, if you remember those days, you know, uh, around 2000, I think we were in still uh, Web 1.0 or Web 2.0. You know, was just beginning. Uh, mm -hmm. What I mean by that was, you know, the digital banking. Uh, you know, managing your, uh, you know. Uh, processes online that was that that conversion was in process. Mm -hmm. So um, in that relation, the security controls uh, existed to very uh, minimal data protection. Like uh, you know, we were talking about uh, antivirus, which was very very uh, common uh, set of control. Uh, mm -hmm. Even from a regulatory standpoint, uh, you know, it was more about the access. Uh, having your firewalls, antivirus, making sure that uh, your computer is not accessed by anybody else. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, but as it started evolving, especially after, uh, let's say, 2007-2008, then uh, the cyber crimes uh, kind of you know, started rising. Uh, hackers found their own way to exploit system to different means. Mm -hmm. It was no longer just getting into your systems uh, by uh, cracking passwords, for example, because, okay. uh, you know, back then everybody had those passwords like ABCD, one, two, three, four, or, mm -hmm. you know, just simply word password. Yeah. But then we realized uh, people started using key loggers. People started exploiting web servers by, you know, uh, lack of software security controls, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, then uh, eventually came uh, ransomwares, uh, uh, which would uh, yeah, encrypt your system. Uh, people found ways to uh, get to your system through uh, so software supply chain security uh, attacks and you know OT systems and everything else. And um, the systems also you know slowly started um, uh, you know becoming more distributed. 
like you know earlier it was web and database now you have uh, with with rising globalization uh, it's, it's businesses are spread across right and they are operating 24 by 7 now when you are 24 by 7 uh, you are serving customers all the time and uh, your services need to be accessible to everybody that also means that you are opening up uh, you know your space to uh, be exploited by you know these these malicious actors if you don't have enough security controls mm -hmm. and uh, uh, talking about relation quickly you know in last 2 3 years obviously we see rise of ai now artificial yep. intelligence now it's taking a different turn altogether that we know all the regulations today be it information security regulations like you know soc 1 soc 2 iso uh, mm -hmm. You know, all these regulations or privacy regulations like GDPR, HIPAA, CCPA or uh, PDPA, Singapore, all these regulations, they have recognized the importance of secure data disposal. So what it means that in the privacy audit or information security audit, there is a mandatory control that requires organizations to make sure that they dispose the media media in the sense hard drives, it could be, uh, you know, uh, media or uh, hard drives or removable drive, whatever, wherever your data is stored or, you know, cloud. So that data should be permanently and securely wiped in a manner that it should not be recovered so that, you know, it, it prevents any potential breaches or uh, data theft. Yeah, well, you know, having on your laptop is one thing, but what about in the cloud? Do do people because I assume if I delete something, it's it's gone out of the cloud, and I would imagine that like developers who have test environments, you know, in the cloud, and then they move on to the next. Are you saying that the, that data is still there or could be retrieved? Right. Uh, to so so to take this forward, um, uh, we we spoke about uh, destroying data right permanently. Now, yep. organizations, they adopt different methods. Like if you see, you know, uh, some organizations where the regulatory mm -hmm. demands or, you know, whatever reason, uh, they uh, force, I mean, certain organizations, they follow physical destruction of the device itself or the media. Some organizations, what they do, uh, they use degaussers to demagnetize the drive so that uh, the data that was written on those magnetic tapes, it, it mm -hmm. uh, you know, can be completely wiped. Now, the both the methods, they have certain limitations, like if you physically destroy number one, you know, it can lead to uh, e-waste. Uh, you need a, a, you know, certified vendor who can mm -hmm. destroy those devices to your specifications. And the question is that, you know, can I trust a third party? Right. right. Uh, what yeah. if they, uh, you know, uh, exfiltrate my data and then uh, misuse it? Uh, if you use degauzer, you know, degauzer, what it does again, you know, if you uh, demagnetize those drives are not usable and then it's it's a, you know, big investment plus, uh, you know, it works on only magnetic drives. And today we are living in the world of SSDs. Mm -hmm. Now, why I mentioned this is that uh, what it means is that, you know, we need a different method that can, you know, address all the challenges that I mentioned. Yeah. And uh, as of now, that seems to be a software wiping, right? Uh, software okay. wiping, what it does, it overrides uh, those blocks on the hard drives where data is mm -hmm. stored with certain algorithms. 
And these algorithms are typically, uh, if you see standards like NIST, they have very well recognized it. What they call is, uh, uh, you know, overwriting, clearing, purging, these various methods. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of, you know, military grade uh, algorithms which are available to uh, securely uh, wipe and destroy data. Now, if you are on the cloud, uh, see, uh, the physical destruction, the degaussing may not be easily possible, may not be accessible because of the shared yeah. responsibility model between yeah. the cloud service provider and you yeah right? because you don't have visibility into the infrastructure yeah. now what you could do something that is in your control let's say i have a cloud vm virtual machine i mm -hmm. know that i let's say there could be multiple case studies i may have copied production data into my test environment or it could be a sandbox it could be my developers you know working on ci cd uh, pipeline where i have my uh, critical source code or there could be a temporary data that needs to be processed. So all these uh, uh, business processes, you know, you you that where you, uh, you know, have non-public data, let's say. So yeah. if you have a software wiping solution installed on these drives, um, you could go and wipe those, uh, you know, files, folders, drives, and then you that that's where you have you know good assurance that you know i have overwritten what was uh, you know there uh, on the drives and then that gives you peace of mind right and uh, right. you can have i mean yeah. uh, typically these solutions they provide uh, all the artifacts that you need to maintain the logs or uh, you know something that you would need for uh, auditors also if they request for data disposal evidence do you think that uh, the, the, the people moving to the cloud, is this a stumbling block for some people saying, I'm not sure my data is going to be safe uh, when I decide to you know, leave the cloud or move to another cloud provider? Is that a stumbling block or is that not even thought of? Um, it's uh, now, now that awareness is building. Uh, data disposal now, you know, with with the data privacy evolution and uh, uh -huh. enforcement uh, with the information security regulations. Now it's being highlighted because now uh, organizations are seeing that as uh, an important and, uh, you know, regulatory demand uh, because yeah. uh, the, the other reason was some of these breaches have come to the light recently, be it, you know, Morgan Stanley, where uh, some drives which were supposed to be destroyed they were found in certain auctions there was news about it uh, we all know about it uh -huh. so um, these lapses can lead to data leakages and uh, certainly you know wherever your data is be it in the cloud be it on premise uh, as a data owner data controller data custody and it is your responsibility to make sure you you take care of um, you know that data in its entire life cycle through different controls so the data governance is pretty strong around this whole arena, fairly sophisticated and mature. Is is that what I'm hearing? Uh, it is maturing, I would say. Um, uh, in, in certain geographies, let's say, uh, you know, US or, uh, you know, European uh, market where privacy regulations were recognized earlier. So yeah. there has been a strong push. Uh, but but then, you know, there is always that small, medium businesses who always struggle to uh, comply with these regulations for whatever reasons it could be budget resources uh, you know uh, lack of awareness so that that uh, industry definitely uh, you know need, need, needs to address the challenges or risks 
as, as you are aware, the uh, uh, small mid-sized businesses and those who don't have large budgets or constrained budgets and staff uh, is really our patrons uh, for the Safe House initiative. So what would you recommend to them? What are things they can do, steps they can take today? What I would say that, you know, the reason data privacy is critical I mean, obviously, you know, your other data, like, you know, like I said, financial data, source code, all of that is critical, but particularly data privacy is, uh, you know, extremely critical because it deals with individuals data. Now, misusing that data can, uh, you know, lead to serious crimes uh, to the point that, you know, it can impact or affect individual safety. Mm. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, person's location shared with somebody else, or it could be, you know, somebody uh, using your pictures and misusing them. It could be children's data, right? Uh, where, you know, they could be uh, given some, uh, you know, uh, content which is not appropriate. Uh, I mean, all, all these possibilities are there. And that is why data privacy is extremely critical. So all the small, medium businesses, number one, they need to realize that uh, here, uh, you know, there is a high level of seriousness, uh, you know, when it comes to yeah. data privacy. Yeah. So uh, what they need to do is that, you know, realize uh, that uh, beyond regulatory uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, these uh, data privacy framework demands, they have yeah. enough budget and data privacy is integrated into their business processes, be it collection, disposal uh, in all areas, I would say. In the small, mid-sized businesses are they're very much involved in the supply chain of large organizations. So I'd imagine that, that there's certain scrutiny that happens from the larger organizations to do business with these entities uh, as a small mid-sized business. Is that true or that's just supposition? It is true, uh, but at the same time, uh, if you see traditionally, uh, like uh, when we sp speak about uh, scrutiny, a typical case is where, you know, uh, a large enterprise outsourcing their business processes to small and medium uh, players. Now, this is very common scene in industry across the globe. But at the same time, uh, you know, whatever due diligence that goes through prior to engaging into this business outsourcing or uh, that process, that due diligence typically is based on your historical data, right? Uh, yeah. For a specific period, what they call is audit or due diligence or compliance. Now, that does not necessarily mean that you are, you know, taking security seriously or you are complying it with every day 100 percent you know uh, every moment so uh, that only assures that in the past there is certain security posture uh, you know security was handled certain ways uh, but then you know security is a continuous process uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's just you know something that you have to be alert all the time it's no different than uh, you know, your army protecting your, uh, you know, nation or, you know, yeah. it's valuable assets. So it's it has to be guarded all the time. So it becomes a culture of, uh, of privacy, basically, of uh, protecting the data and, uh, you know, being diligent with it. Correct. And that's where you see uh, even data privacy frameworks today, uh, they have something uh, what they call privacy by design. So they, they they enforce organizations to adopt this privacy by design. So what it means is that when you design your products, when you design your processes, when you are in the early stages, let's say ideation or uh, designing of your products or services, uh, whatever it is, you take into consideration the privacy controls also, uh, and and then accordingly architect uh, your system. Do you have any particular frameworks that you utilize or recommend? 
Right. I mean, today uh, most of the organizations are, you know, kind of matured. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Now, now uh, organizations, depending on what sector they operate in, they have certain uh, compliance requirements. For example, health industry heavily uh, adopts HIPAA. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I would say in general, uh, you know, for any industry, uh, NIST, right? Something that came from yeah. uh, government itself. That's mm-hmm. a fantastic uh, standard. It's free. It's open. Uh, you know, it's very, very well drafted. That's something, mm-hmm. you know, undergoes continuous revisions, uh, revisions uh, improvement. They take care of, uh, you know, risk assessment, uh, secure coding and all the areas that you would think of, you know, identifying cyber attacks. Uh, protecting, reporting, responding. So, you know, it it it's right from uh, incident detection to resilience where, you know, you bounce back and continue your operations. So uh, that is one standard, I think, where uh, even the small players can mm-hmm. find, uh, you know, easy relation uh, for adoption. That's, that's a great uh, recommendation because uh, we do follow the NIST uh, framework for our uh, for our educational material here on the safe house initiative so that's uh, that's good insights there uh, uh, santosh um what have we missed in this conversation that that you think we should cover well uh, what i feel uh, number one you know uh, i really appreciate what safe house uh, you know uh, has been doing you know covering these topics especially uh, you know uh, the whole awareness around the NIST, like you said, uh, and then addressing uh, smaller, medium businesses. Now, uh, coming back to privacy uh, disposal, uh, what I would say, uh, you know, uh, maybe summarizing this, is that um, organizations uh, can adopt it at different levels because privacy demands it and all that. But yeah. uh, the education also has to go to the employees, to individuals. Because just like paper data, you know, these traders were available to every employee, you know, placed in somewhere, uh, you know, uh, in in the corner of, uh, you know, some office room so that they could uh, dispose uh, the document that they were handling. So similarly, these data disposal solutions, they need to be available to every employee on their computers. So when it is time to delete, they don't just delete, they, you know, permanently wipe out. So that's very important that education. Well, and Santosh, you know, you, I think you'll be helping uh, the Safe House Initiative uh, build up their body of uh, educational material because uh, your company, uh, CyberFit Solutions, is one of the contributing uh, members of the Safe House Initiative. Thank you for that. And we look forward to having this uh, body of uh, uh, education grow over time. So uh, any final thoughts on our conversation today? Well, uh, thank you so much, Jeff. I think uh, they were you know, it was indeed great, uh, insightful conversation. There were great uh, questions. And, um, uh, you know, we would definitely like to contribute because we have seen the value that Safe House is bringing today. And we would be happy to part of, you know, that journey where, where you know, you are taking education awareness to the next level. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, I am glad that, you know, this discussion happened. Yeah. Santos, thank you so much for your time. It was, uh, it was wonderful to have you as our guest. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. A big thanks to Santosh Kamani of CyberFit for his support and contribution to the Safe House Initiative. We greatly appreciate his vision and expertise in helping us to better understand how to better protect our valuable data, one of the key NIST controls. That's our podcast for today. I'm Jeff Edwards for the Safe House Initiative. 
Thanks for joining us. And remember, be safe, be resilient, and be kind to each other. For more information on the Safe House Initiative, please use your mobile device to scan the QR code on the screen. Send us an email at safehouseinitiative.org at gmail.com or visit us on our website, safehouseinitiative.org. We look forward to hearing from you. 